What's up, everybody? Paul Hickey here with NoOffSeason.com. Welcome to the Sports Card Strategy Show. We are brought to you today by MarketMoversApp.com by Sports Card Investor. We want you to go there and save 20% by using the promo code NoOffSeason, all lowercase. And of course, check out our Sports Card Investment Report that we update regularly at NoOffSeason.com. And today, I'd like to welcome in a new guest co-host we're doing a little rotating co-hosts and it's a lot of fun and we have my man greg longto today in canada greg has a lot of stuff going on he's a, a host of his own show and uh, he's a serious serious sports card investor so i'm really happy to have him join me greg how you doing today i'm great paul thanks you I'm doing really well. And, and before we get into the show, I want to just kind of ask you to give us a little quick introduction of yourself. And uh, so just so that the, the audience can kind of get to know you a little bit before we jump in. Yeah, man. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Um, yeah. I mean, uh, card collecting, investing is a passion for me now, as you well know, with all my questions coming in in your DMs. And <laughs> uh, I also, like you said, host a uh, co-host a radio show in Montreal um, about sports. We talk sometime about cards. Um, I mean, hockey, all, all of the other sports. Uh, you know, I'm from Montreal, so... Hockey is the big national sport here. The Montreal Canadiens are um, the kings of the city, our heroes. Anyway, and uh, I also do lots of different stuff. I own a coffee roasting company that I uh, co-founded five years ago. And um, yeah, also some emceeing with CrossFit events all around the world. So I get to travel and meet different people there MC those events it's a super cool uh, challenge each and every single time um i traveled to miami last month i'm gonna go, go to amsterdam in a few months um as well as paris and probably spain as well so we might um cross our paths there who knows nice that's awesome yeah i'd love it and uh, i'd love it if if um we cross paths in montreal someday i've never been there but uh I think it would be such a great a city, cool man. It's booming. The the F1, uh, I'm trying to purchase my tickets for the F1 Grand Prix. That's coming in uh, end of June. I think it's going to be a very good event. It's it, it, it hasn't been here for the past two years for obvious reasons. But I mean, the, the city is, it's one of the best places to be in the world while F1 is here. So uh, looking forward to it for sure. It's a good timing if you want to come uh, during that week. That's awesome. And one last note about where we may be able to meet up in person is I think I messaged you that I made my reservations, all the travel plans, and I bought the VIP passes for the national in Atlantic city in July. So, uh, I will be yeah. there and, uh, maybe we will see each other there if you're, if you're able to make it this year. I would love to be making it this year to the national man and, uh, and be there for the first time. Uh, heard a lot about the event for obvious reasons as well. And I, I would love to be uh, spending a few days there. So we'll see, uh, we'll see how it goes, man. We'll see how it goes for sure. Yeah, yeah, it's one of those things where like when you have a lot of other stuff going on, it's, it's kind of hard to make it the priority, but it's, it's kind of like something that you know will be a blast if you're able to do it. So 
um, I decided to, to make sure that I was uh, going to participate this year. And uh, I'm excited. So anyone, anyone else out there in the audience, we would love to see you as well. And uh, it just should be super fun. I'm really excited. I did go with the VIP passes. So I'll, I'm, basically all that means is that I get some extra autograph stuff. And I think I get in um, maybe some early access, like 30 minutes early. I think I'll, so I'll be there on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and then I'll leave Saturday. And then shortly after that, I'll come back to Spain. So it'll kind of be my, my last hurrah of while I'm in the United States for the summer. So I'm looking forward to it. Um, looking forward yeah, to it man, it's, it. Yeah. So it's awesome to have you on the show. It's really cool. Um, we're going to get into a lot of stuff. It's, uh, I'd love to have you on our regular rotation. Um, you know, a lot of the time it's Kendall and I, sometimes it's, it's my buddy Murph, uh, and I, and we'd love to get you in the, in the regular mix because like you mentioned, you and I have been messaging each other, um, a lot recently about sports card investments and you know, your stuff and you're learning your stuff. And, and, uh, I think, myself and the audience, we're, we're all in the same boat. Um, so I love to, to dig in and research. And in today's show, I want to talk about specifically a soccer question that you had in our Facebook group. Um, cause I did a little bit of research on that. So I'll jump into that. And, um, I'd love it if, uh, if we do have time to talk hockey, I'd love to get your thoughts on maybe some of the guys that you think are the best hockey investments, because, we haven't had a chance to talk about that on the show really at all. Um, but I know, so I know you're into soccer, F1, hockey. I know like you and I talk basketball a lot. You and I, um, it just feels like we, we, we definitely talked NFL. So, yeah. so we got a lot of stuff to talk about today. And the first segment that I have started to enjoy doing the show with Kendall is just talk about your recent purchases, um, and walk us through the thought process of your recent purchases, because I think this is phenomenal content for the audience. Um, it's transparent when people like you and I can get on and say, look, uh, I wanted to buy this card, or I was thinking about investing in this player. This is what I ended up, this is what I, what I had the opportunity to do. This is what I ended up doing. And here's my plan for these cards. So is there any, any particular card or cards recently that you've pulled trigger on that you that you're excited about that you want to share with us yeah i did and um three cards that i purchased recently are all soccer cards actually the first one is a alfonso davies rated rookie press proof red uh that i pulled the trigger on i mean i'm canadian uh and canada is currently making a great run uh for the world cup they're they're leading actually uh, the uh, I don't know how you call it the America group or whatever for uh -huh. qualifying. Um, I don't know how you say it in English, but they they beat the U.S. men's national team a couple of weeks back, which caused a lot of emotions I think in the U.S. Um, and without Alfonso Davies, I, and I don't know if you went on Twitch or YouTube and saw the reaction. A lot of people were watching Alfonso Davies actually watching the Canadian men's national team beating the U.S. I think there was like 20,000 people watching him live 
watching the game. So um, I, I haven't invested so far in Alfonso Davies. His prices were pretty high. I jumped on the train a little late. But uh, lately, I mean, he's been out for medical condition out of his club. Uh, that's Bayern, Bayern Munich and uh, the Canadian men's national team as well. So uh, I got a good deal on a card. Pull the trigger on it. Looking forward to see the run, the Canada run um, for the World Cup and as well as him coming back to um, Bayern Munich as well as, I mean, if you want to take your eyes on the Canadian men's national team, just keep your eyes on Jonathan David. The guy's a super young okay. player. I don't know, Paul, if you know this guy, but Jonathan David, super young player. He plays for uh, Lille uh, right now in France. Um, he's in the Champions League as well. But uh, there are a lot of rumors for him to move at the end of the, of the season, so in the transfer window, to a Premier League club. So having this young national, uh, this young Canadian national men um, player, men's team member, sorry, um, playing there would be a, a great investment. So I pulled the trigger on a couple of his base cards, base rookie cards, and also his rookie sticker. Uh, the other purchase I made this weekend is a Mason Mount. I know I asked you the question. Okay. I can't wait for you to see the, um, the, the data you come with. But Mason Mount, his uh, green rookie, rookie card, his green refractor out of, numbered out of 99. So I, I got a good deal on it. I also pulled the trigger. Mason Mount was, I think he got injured. His value dipped a little bit in the in the beginning of 2022 so i think it was a good time to purchase england's gonna make an amazing run also in the world cup so i can't wait for uh for those to see and uh, also another pedri pedri card uh, i know he's on the sports card investment reports uh so pedri is also my uh last investment of the weekend that's amazing. Yeah, Pedri is right now number 45. Number 45. That's right, number 45. See, Greg's a member, so he knows what's up. Um, yeah, Pedri's number 45. He's been playing well. And this is what I love about soccer card investing because you just rattled off um, Alfonso Davies, Jonathan David, two young stud Canadian national team members. Uh, Davies is 21 years old and David is 22 years old and they both they both play uh, like you mentioned in the Champions League um, and while they're a little bit I mean I would call them under the radar they do have cards uh, you did you say you got Davies the Davies press proof red Don Russ rated rookie press proof red 2018 Absolutely. yep um, and is that raw or graded PSA 10 PSA 10. Nice. Okay. Yeah. So the PSA 10, um, has been going for, uh, right around $300, some, you know, U S dollars, the last few sales, 350, 315. There was a sale on the 21st for 202.50, which seems, uh, super low, but, um, that, that seems to be the outlier. It seems to be a card that, that is, is worth closer to $300 overall. But, uh, those are the thing I, what I started to say is I think it's fascinating. The world of soccer cards is 
so robust and almost like the sport itself. It really has a lot to do with where you're from, who your favorite players are, um, not only what they're doing in, in the pro leagues, but also their World Cup team has a lot to do with it. And so my yeah. overall take on what you're doing and really what I, what I had to say about Mason Mount is um, being that he does play for England, that's a top, top five favorite overall in the World Cup, and that he is a – he's like a, a midfielder slash striker. I guess he's probably like a, more of an aggressive goal-scoring midfielder. Um, and he's super young too. His card prices have dipped. So I, I see him as a pretty nice buy low candidate. Um, the fact that he plays for Chelsea also doesn't hurt. Um, so he's going to have a lot of opportunity even beyond the world cup to be, uh, you know, in, in the big, the big stage. So I think that, um, those purchases are super interesting. Soccer seems to be, uh, I want to say more preference based than other sports, but it's warranted because if you look at the data behind the sales of the cards for any of these athletes, uh, the market is there for them. So I think that um, to me, there's kind of like two potential plays, um, like how Kendall is kind of broken down baseball um, in previous episodes of the show. He kind of says like baseball is broken down into like two investor categories. One investor that's like uh, the one that knows and only does baseball is really into Bowman and they're really prospecting and Mm -hmm. thinking that they're good at picking the next guy who's going to become the next Wander Franco or even Tatis, uh, Acuna, Vlad, Soto, et cetera. Like they're the guys that are, only into baseball and then there are the guys that are collecting all these other sports and investing in all these other sports but they also buy baseball and I feel like soccer um, I can be similar where you've got guys that are truly digging into the market in the men's national teams and the market in the trend like the transfer market or you know the the top pro league market And then you've got the guys that are kind of dabbling in soccer and only doing the U.S. men's national team or only doing Spain or only doing Canada, only doing, you know, particular leagues. Um, So it's fascinating to me that like I might I might have Pedri in my top 50, but to be quite honest, like um, there's a lot of names that are out there that aren't in the top 100 that, you know, that you've even named uh, in the Facebook group and on today's show that you could make an argument for because they could yeah. be the next guy that could take off and have um, have a big moment on the world stage, whether it be the World Cup or whether it be another tournament, and uh, and see their card prices rise. So I guess that's my long-winded way of saying like the soccer market seems to be very, very healthy. A lot of money is being spent there, but I think that it seems to be warranted. And uh, those seems to be those seem to be more like uh, the Bowman Baseball Insider investments out of you than the more mainstream um the more mainstream plays so one qu- one follow-up question for you on your purchases like what made you go the route of davies david mount um versus like mbappe or maybe some of the more well-known guys what what as you're allocating your money what 
what, what do you, what's your thought process um, behind, behind going with some of these guys that could kind of catch fire that are lesser known? Are you going to hold I'm, them long-term or what, what are you thinking? The plan is always to hold them long-term, but also I think the plan is also to be able to flip it if there's anything and move on to, for me, buying like, I see so many demand, so much demand for Mbappe, for Messi, for these Ronaldo, these three top players in the world right now. And I mean, it, it makes me guess if, I mean, and I think this is probably the challenge in the soccer market, which cards should you buy from each player? There's so many cards from Ronaldo and th there's a lot of research to do as well of all of these players. So when, let's say the players are young, Mount, Davies, David, there's not much, not as many cards to do research for. And I'd rather, let's say, and I don't know if what I'm saying makes sense and you can probably tell me, but I'd rather buy a lot of cards, a lot of Jonathan David cards when you know his value is only going to go up and same thing for Alfonso Davies and same thing for Mason Mount, even though Mason Mount is already a star. Um, I, I was talking about uh, Kareem Adeyemi, who's probably going to get transferred to Dortmund to replace Holland, who's going to move to another club as well. So I mean, instead of buying, and we, we should, I mean, Erling Haaland is probably the most hyped player on the planet right now, even more than Mbappe. Um, but I mean, yeah, the, the, the research, I'd rather buy these guys and, you know, flip some, keep some long-term investment, and then uh, be able to buy something from Mbappe or Messi that is, uh, that I can think has a value long-term and also can be flipped as well. You know what I mean? So um, having yeah. these kind of goats uh, in my portfolio is important, but as well as there's, I, I see every day when you look at Facebook groups, when you look at Discord chats, when you look at you know eBay, there are so many cards for sale that I think you just get lost and overwhelmed by all of this, which, um, made me realize that I wasn't, wasn't probably ready to pull the trigger on a good Mbappe card. Yeah, that makes sense. And I, I break down what you're saying where it's like competition among cards can sometimes water down the market for a particular player because, um, yeah, if someone's going, if someone's after, a Ronaldo or a Messi, for example, there's so many sets and even Neymar, like there's so many sets that these guys have been in. And for a, for a novice to come in and buy a goat card, they might gravitate towards the less expensive cards, thinking that the price on those cards are going to rise. And I'm a little bit concerned for people that are thinking like that because what they're real, what they're not really realizing is, is that there's so much competition among cards for the same player that have been around for a long time and stickers. 
for the player that have been in players that have been in multiple World Cups that have been in multiple sets um, throughout the world. Panini has, you know, just started to release sets in America and um, Tops has just started to release like some M MLS sets in America. And so I think doing a little bit of research on who has, who who's already established as a player, um, who's still young, who is in maybe the least amount of sets, but still has a good amount of cards, like maybe six to 12 solid cards versus like 60 cards, um, I think is a strategy in and of itself that you're bringing to the table here that, that's very valuable to the audience. So a guy like Kareem Adeyemi fits the profile. He fits the profile. He's in Bundesliga. Um, like you said, he might get transferred to a better team in Bundesliga. He's got a rookie card, uh, tops Chrome, uh, UEFA Champions League rookie card, a base and a refractor that are both really, really affordable. I think he's 20 years old. So to me, um, we talk about portfolio management, right? Um, yeah. He's a great flyer. He's a gr he seems like a great flyer for your portfolio, where Mount, Mount's a, a little bit of a level up from that, right? So um, it's almost like, because you asked the question in the Facebook group, like what do you think of both of these guys? Um, to me, it's not an either or. It's kind of like they both have their own fit, right? Like you can get Adeyemi refractor raw right now for between twelve and twenty-five dollars. Which to get a you know to take a flyer on on a guy like that and have it graded at SGC, possibly get a nine-five or a ten. Uh, it's not going to take very much for you to make money on a card like that. And that that's kind of what I think you need to think about. So I think you brought up a great point. It's like lack of competition within a certain player's ecosystem of cards is something to research and something to look at when you're going to buy into a player versus like when I do the sports card investment report and I look at a guy like, uh, Messi or Ronaldo, um, who has, they have a ton of cards. Neymar has a ton of cards. My job when I put together that report is to tell people is to filter down the amount of cards and say, you really should only focus on maybe buying these cards. Uh, and here's why versus all these other cards. Yeah, that's um, what And I if like you're going to buy something from all these other cards, you better buy it for like this particular reason, right? Yeah, that's what I like about the report. And as well, I mean, there's, there's players, call me crazy, but there are players in the ones we named that I don't really believe in. I mean, if I get a good deal and I think I can flip a Holland card, I'm probably going to do it. But long-term investment, I mean... The guy is probably never going to make the World Cup. Uh, I mean, he's still young. Um, so, it, it, well, young players are always a risk, right? Because we don't know. They haven't proven a track record over like 10 seasons or something. Uh, I spoke with people in Europe that uh, were having Messi cards that had a lot of value when he was at Barcelona. And then he transferred to PSG and the value dropped. And now what are you going to do with Messi at his age, you know? So is it a good long-term investment to, um, to buy right now Messi now that the value dropped after his transfer to Barcelona? Is he going to transfer to another club and try to win the championship after? I doubt it because I think Kylian Mbappe is going to Real Madrid. So because, because exactly that, um, yeah, 
Messi transferred to PSG. So we'll see how that holds. So I, I mean, when I see that as an investor, I see a lot of risks and I don't know also the legacy that Messi is going to bring um, to the table in the years to come. I mean, uh, Neymar, uh, there were uh, a lot of... Um, there were a lot of speculation that Neymar wanted to be transferred in the MLS because uh, he wants to have a shorter season and work less. So, I mean, when you see this guy who's still young saying things like that, you're wondering, should I invest in this player long-term? Kylian Mbappe is a whole different story. Um, I would probably invest in the guy, but once again, which cards are... Uh, the best and I mean I'm going to refer to the report for that you know yeah for sure well thank you for saying that about the report and I think like that's why Mbappe is number five I think um, he's in the top 10 on the report and Holland is uh, between 30 and 35 basically because I subscribe to the same philosophy you do when comparing the two guys um, Holland People in the comments may go off on me for this, but Holland, I don't believe will ever have the, the demand in the long term that Mbappe will because of the World Cup. I mean, Mbappe's already won a World Cup. He's already the favorite to potentially win another World Cup. He's got the same hype around a potential transfer that Holland does. And people, people that are on the Holland side of the argument um, will say, well, he's, he might go to the Premier League. He might go to, to Barca. Um, he's, you know, he's a better player, blah, blah, blah. And that's fine. But the reality is the thing that's really going to drive the prices on these soccer cards are the amount of people that come into sports card investing from outside of soccer and spend money on soccer. And that's where Mbappe is going to get more, yeah. more airtime, more recognition. And so that's why I think, not that Haaland's a bad investment, but if I had to pick between the two, I'm picking Mbappe. And he's my number one soccer player on the report right now, for sure, for a lot of those yeah, reasons. Yeah, Mbappe is. Um, and when, when we shift the discussion to investment and you say more players, more people buying players um, and all that stuff, I mean, there are, for me, three guys that have huge star potential. And, I mean, Mbappe is one of them. Mason Mount is the other one. Uh, I mean, not talking about Harry Kane, who's already probably the best striker in the world uh, and will probably win a World Cup, fingers crossed. Uh, this year... Uh, and also a guy that we didn't talk about, and it's Dusan Vlahovic, now playing for Juve. And, I mean, he scored four goals in his first four games and established a record for rookie in the Champions League by scoring his first goal after 32 seconds. So this guy is a monster uh, that has stats that can be compared to Haaland right now. So I think Dusan Vlahovic is a good investment. And, and me, as an investor, even though... There's not the, – these players might not be big worldwide stars. I mean, if you have more people investing in the soccer cards in the next months or years, they're probably going to come from the United States. So who are the guys that you should buy 
before all the people have a lot of hype uh, for this World Cup and the 2026 World Cup also coming to the United States. United States men's national team players. And these guys like Pulisic, yeah. uh, Yunus Musa, Pepe, um, and name it, all of these players, I mean, for me, are great investments that their value might go up, even though Pulisic uh, already is playing also for Chelsea with Mason Mount um, and also Weston McKenney, who uh, got injured um, a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, yeah, it's it's super interesting that um, a lot of the Americans uh, are more they're in more demand for sports card investors than some of the players throughout the world um, that are just flat out better than them. And um, I think it's, it's the obvious reason to me is that even though there's a lot of international interest in sports card investing, you're in Canada, I'm in Spain. I know, I know it's big in the UK. Um, I, I know that there are people spending money on sports cards everywhere. I had somebody try to sell me a messy rookie last year here in Spain and, I mean, it's definitely a thing everywhere, not just in the United States, but I think because primarily the market is driven by Americans spending money on sports cards in the more traditional sports, and then it's bled over into, into soccer, football, um, you are seeing guys like Pulic Pulisic and, and uh, Weston McKinney get a lot of the attention, even though they're just not as good they're not as good of players and not, not even really as good of prospects as some of the other guys. But Kendall and I have also talked about the fact that, you know, you're right. Like that really doesn't matter. You, you have to pay attention to the market. Who, who does the market like? Who's, who's undervalued right now? And you got you to gotta go after him. So let me ask you a question about Dusan Vlahovic, right? Vlahovic. Yeah. Um, what cards does he have? Uh, there's a lot of... Well, we were talking about the, the population of the cards. I mean, uh, the whole mm -hmm. ecosystem. Uh, he has his rookie sticker from 2016-17 that uh, is super high valued right now. That's his true rookie. Like every soccer player always has a true rookie sticker. It seems that nobody ever heard of. Like three years before the rookie card started, <laughs> started to, to be printed, uh, produced. So this is his rookie sticker. I have one uh, SGC 9.5 uh, that is, I paid a lot of money for and I think is still going to go up. There's his rookie ticket also uh, mm -hmm. and red rookie ticket that are absolutely beautifully, beautiful looking cards. Um, and there are a bunch of different uh, Panini Spectras, I believe, and even Mosaic that are non-rookie uh, that are flying for a few bucks. Like, um, so these are the cards right now that are there, but I know that Topps now released uh, new cards from, I mean, the, the Champions League debut uh, when he scored a goal and all that stuff with Juve. Uh, so, I mean... The, the cards are getting more and more out there about this guy, but the true rookie are really his sticker and his ticket uh, that are quite yeah. valued. Yeah. I'm, I'm looking at a picture of his contenders rookie ticket right now. And it's a sweet looking card from 2019 Panini Chronicles. Um, so 
Interesting. Love interesting. Interesting. I, I think, yeah, the, uh, to me, that would be the card to go get. Um, the rookie sticker would, I would never argue that that would not be his true rookie, but I would make the argument that from my experience in, in buying soccer cards and stickers and then trying to flip them as investments, um, the masses don't always love this or understand like, especially Americans, Americans don't understand the, um, the history and the significance behind the Panini stickers. Like, I know we, I think we know that, and maybe most of the people listening know that there's a history uh, behind Panini being an Italian company and starting with, with producing um, soccer stickers, football stickers. And so the sticker really, really is um, part of the culture, part of the history, and still, you know, considered a, a card, basically a trading card. Um, but I think that because, you know, you have Panini now making more recognizable brands to Americans, like contenders and even, I would have to assume that there's going to be a prism um, uh, Vlahovic at some point, right? And that that, that that card would potentially even overtake his, well, it might not overtake his sticker, but it's going to, it might overtake it as an investment because you might have, the sticker is something that might not be as attainable and so then you're going to have cards like the contenders rookie ticket and, and, and future cards of his potentially, especially autos or numbered, numbered parallels. Yeah, there are no autos. Like that, that could be just as, yeah. There's no autos right now for Vlahovic. So definitely uh, yeah. keeping my eyes on these. All great stuff to keep an eye on, Greg. This is awesome discussion and appreciate your knowledge of, of soccer here. Um, but yeah, I think, I think understanding the market behind uh not only the player the amount of cards that the player has the card that you're buying um and then the and then the potential not only markers ahead but with soccer specifically i think it's important to buy the right card because i think that you're gonna have you have that split in in markets you have the smaller niche market that's going to understand that there's a sticker from this particular country in this particular uniform, and that's his true rookie. And that, that investor is going to go after that card. But then you're going to have the masses that's just going to be like, oh, Prism. Oh, Topps Chrome. Oh, Contenders. I want that one. So I think understanding the market, the market that you're going to try to sell it to, if you're going to keep it and try to, uh, try to flip it as an investment, is important as it relates to soccer, uh, soccer collecting. So I'll, or soccer investing, rather. So I'll... So I'll share my most recent purchases. It's going to take us in a bit of a different direction, but I think you'll probably like the direction. Um, Love it. I bought a few. I bought. I bought a few um, sealed boxes directly from Panini recently, but I actually would rather talk about two car, two singles that I bought because I'm staying true to my sports card investment report, and I'm putting my money where my mouth is. I'm trying to buy the guys that I have ranked the highest on the investment report. One of the guys that's in my top 15 is Trevor Lawrence. Uh, the quarterback, obviously, for the Jacksonville Jaguars going into his second year with a new coach, Doug Peterson. Um, number one overall pick in 2021. I bought a 2021 Panini Elements Trevor Lawrence on-card auto, rookie auto. Um, I don't love Panini Elements, necessarily but i love that it's an on-card auto rookie auto of the number one overall pick i got it for 330 dollars 
So it's definitely a higher level investment for me. That's, that's usually near the top of my budget. Um, and so for one particular card though, I think that this could be one, all it's going to take in my opinion, uh, based on recent history for a, for a card like this to, to potentially even double in value is going to be like a good, a good start to the season. Like if the Jags, if the Jags are three and three and one, uh, which may be a tall order, but they're going to have the number one pick. They're going to have, they got a new coach who's won a Super Bowl, and they're going to get Travis Etienne back, who is the, their second first round pick last year. And they're going to have their, their strength of schedule should be in their favor as, as the, as the, you know, the worst team in the league last year. If the Jags start like three and one or even two and oh, and Trevor Lawrence is putting up some decent numbers, I think that car, I think all of his cards go up huge. I think he's underpriced right now. So my thought process with the card like that is, um, could be, you know, could be a Lamar Jackson, could be a Dak Prescott, could be a Josh Allen type of guy where, you know, maybe he doesn't make it to a Super Bowl for the first five years of his career, but he shows improvement. Uh, he's, he, he uh, leads his team to the playoffs, has good individual performances, and $330 for an on-card rookie auto I thought was a, pretty, was a pretty good deal. So I'm pretty happy about that one. You almost What's got me convinced. What's your take on that one? Do you, do you have a take? <laughs> you almost got me convinced. I'm not a huge believer in Trevor Lawrence, but I think that okay. in a market that's driven around, especially the football market, driven with performance. Um, and I mean, what's easy, and I think the football market is a tough one, in my opinion, but what's easy is that you have one game a week. So all of that can change in the span of two weeks with two different great performances like you said, if they start to win, oh, there's going to be a great, like, there's going to be a, a huge potential for people to start believing in him and wanting to buy his cards. The second thing, it, it's the same thing for Joe Burrow. Imagine if the Bengals start zero and two. I mean, that's yeah. going to, you know, that that's going to be hard. And I mean, same thing for Ravens. There, it, It's... It's a lot, a lot of gamble, but Trevor Lawrence cannot be, I mean, in a worse position than he is now. So yeah, it's, it's exactly. very interesting. Yeah, I feel like I am buying in at the floor and that's what I like about it because I have been high on Trevor Lawrence ever since he, ever since he came out of Clemson and, you know, he's, there's no doubt about it. Like he's, he's, I would say, he's been underwhelming, right? I don't want to say underperformed because he was in a bad situation to begin with, but I think he's been underwhelming. I think this is an opportunity to potentially buy at the floor. I think he's someone that a lot of people are holding out hope on. So my thought is even if the Jags suck this upcoming season and Trevor Lawrence doesn't play well, I still think someone could potentially pay me two thirds to three quarters of my original investment for that card. Worst case scenario. So to think of it like this could either be a thousand dollar card that I paid $330 for pretty quickly or, or worst case scenario, it might be a 200, $225 card after another year. I think that is, that's my thought process for that particular card. Mm -hmm. But uh, good to know that we're kind of on, I like, well, you know, it's, it's good to be on opposite ends of the spectrum sometime with some things. So, um, all right. So my all right, so my other one is 
you might like this one. I hope you do. So our man Darius Garland uh, yeah. does not have any Panini. He doesn't have any Panini auto, rookie autos. And to my knowledge, you know, he, he probably has some second year autos or even third year. Well, I guess this would be his third year auto. He probably has some second year autos that maybe are in some higher end releases like national treasures or, uh, you know, even his national treasures are not, not auto. Okay. So, so he's, he's upper deck exclusive auto then, and he's for sure upper deck exclusive auto as a rookie. And so I found a 2019 upper deck Goodwin champions, Darius Garland, rookie auto SGC 10 that I was able, it was listed for $800. And a lot of them, a lot of the ones that had sold were selling for $800. And I made an offer on eBay uh, for $500. And the person came back and said, 550. And I thought about it for about a week. And I went on to some eBay sold listings and found like even the raw autos of this card are going for $300 in auctions right now. So the SGC 10 card and 10 auto, I just said, what the heck? I'm going to go back to this guy with my original offer of 500 and then he accepted it. So I got the Darius Garland. Wow. 2019 Upper Deck Goodwin Champions SGC 10 and SGC 10 and Auto 10 rookie for $500. So I, I think, you know, that that's the most expensive single card I've purchased ever. Um, but it's one that I feel pretty good about. And I like the fact that I'm putting my money where my mouth is with Darius Garland. Cause you know, I've, I've, I've been all over him this season. So same here, same here, man. And, uh, I've been running my mouth on Darius Garland to a couple of friends that started investing in him as well. Uh, I think he's, he's a great player has star power. The guy's always smiling. Um, I like what they're doing right now in Cleveland with a lot of young players, um, with Karis Levert as well. Um, and, um, Okoro that's, uh, you know, um, drawing attention as well there. So we'll see where it goes. I think right now they're, they're sitting in fourth place in, uh, in the conference. So yeah, we'll see, we'll see where the player, where, where they lead in the playoffs, but yeah, I, I, I like that buy, man. I like that buy. Kind of jealous as well. Would have loved to <laughs> grab it for 500 too. Well, I think Trevor Lawrence and, and Darius Garland are both guys that you can make money uh, consistently on. And I kind of want to see what you think about this thought process. I've been fascinated with this idea I have all these theories related to sports card investing because it's just so multifaceted. One of my theories is that if you were to only buy one player for, say, an elongated period of time, because I think all of us buy and consider buying so many different players that it can kind of cloud our, cloud our decision-making, but if you were to only buy one player for a consistent period of time, could you consistently make money flipping their cards? And I look at Trevor Lawrence and Darius Garland, and for 
two very different reasons, I think that they could fall into that category. Um, for Trevor Lawrence, it's the fact that he's a quarterback and it's and a football card investing is a quarterback driven endeavor. Um, to really, to really make a lot of money, you got to, basically you got to have an autographed on card auto or something with a crazy patch in it or numbered or something like that for a, for a quarterback that ends up winning the MVP and the Super Bowl, right? Like a Mahomes type of situation. Or if Lamar mm-hmm. Jackson were to win a Super Bowl, now you'd have a guy like, okay, he's won an MVP. He's won a Super Bowl. Now his cards are worth big money, right? Burrow almost got there this year. I see Trevor Lawrence as a guy that if you believe, which I don't think you do, but if anyone in the audience believes that he can get there, then buying an on-card auto for $330, maybe that's your only purchase in the last six months or whatever. Or let's just say you only buy Trevor Lawrence hypothetically for the next year. I think you could make money off of that because let's just say you buy his auto for 330. You wait until the football season starts. He has a good start to the season. Or even if he doesn't have a good start to the season, it could still appreciate by 20%. You could sell it. Now you got $400. You could buy another Trevor Lawrence card for $400. Maybe now he has a good stretch and the $400 card. Now you've got $600, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, yeah. right? So I'm I fascinated like with this idea where like, hypothetically, you could, you could pick one player and you could just make money again and again and again, only focusing on that one player and timing the market for that one guy. They got to be Lamar young. Jackson they got to totally have a lot of future too. markers ahead of them. Yeah, Lamar Jackson. There's, you know, I would like to hear from any of you in the comments or on our Facebook group. Uh, who's a guy that you think, if you were to single out and only be able to buy one player, who you could make money on? And Garland, I think, is a guy that there's just going to be enough hype around him. He fits the profile. He was the fifth overall pick in the 2019 Ja Morant draft class. Um, and he's the number one in Cleveland right now, but he's got a young team. So like they might have a first round exit, but the fact that, that his rookie auto went for $500, even in a first round exit in the playoffs, which would be disappointing. It could still be a $650 card easily, but then I've got $650. And so then if I've got $650, I could buy two Darius Garland silver prisms or I could buy whatever. And then, then maybe he makes another all-star team has another good season. Now those silver, he's got more recognition. Now each of those silver prisms are now worth 500 each. And now I've got a thousand dollars from my initial $500. You follow, right? And so it's like you said Lamar Jackson. So um, I think that's another great call. And, and um, I've often thought of like, maybe I just only buy Giannis cards or I only buy Steph Curry cards. Like who would the guy be? Um, to, if, if the goal is to really try to make money, does it make sense to buy less guys? Um, or does it make sense to just pick like one guy that you know for a bunch of different reasons is going to appreciate in value and just go after his cards? Yeah, uh, I, I, I totally, I'm totally there with you. And I mean, that why I said Lamar Jackson fits that profile. There's, I mean, the guy is spectacular. He could win four games in a row all by himself and then throw five picks in three consecutive games right after and lose them all and his value dips. And then, you know, so, yeah, I mean, I'm, I've been a long time Baltimore Ravens fan. 
I mean, I think Lamar Jackson was a steal of the draft. I would have loved to invest in his cards back then. But um, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. We've got Lamar, I think, number 15 in our report right now. And I think there's a good, there's a good argument that he could be higher than that, really because the report is based around what are the, what are the, what's the balance between proven success, card prices, and upcoming markers. And when you look at yeah. Lamar, um, he was injured. Basically, like, last year was kind of a throwaway year. Like you can't, you know, um, and that happens. It happens, especially in the NFL. It happens in any sport, but especially in the NFL. Um, so it's, it's silly to say injuries aren't a factor, but knowing that he's still young, he's already won an MVP award. And had he been healthy uh, for the remainder of last season, um, surely his card prices wouldn't be as low as they are now. And so I think that he is a, is a phenomenal candidate to go out and get like, a banger card of you know like if like he he would be i think a calculated risk to go out and get just like a sick auto uh or or you know uh some kind of parallel that you know rookie parallel or something like that of lamar um because i think he's a guy that could be in the burrow situation next year i really do i think he could i think he could take the ravens to the super bowl I think the AFC is absolutely stacked. It's going to be yeah, – I have man, no idea who's going to come out of the AFC. Well. But... <laughs> yeah. That's why it's a big – but anyway, if – I mean, high risk, high reward. I don't think I, – I think Lamar right now could be a good buy. That's, that's the, the, the card I've been chasing uh, right now, like which card to buy. I looked at the investment report, um, and I can't wait to see what uh, I'm going to come up with in the next days or weeks. I can't wait either. I'd like, I'd like to see if you make a move on a Lamar card. Um, he's one of the guys oh, you, that I'm, that I'm always tempted, tempted to go with. So you'll know, you'll know before I pull the trigger. That's true. That's for <laughs> sure. <laughs> I look forward to it. Um, all right. So this is, this has been awesome. I, I definitely want to ask you about F1 before we sign off because um yeah you know let, let's talk let's talk f1 and hockey before we sign off um i'm not I too think, big on hockey but i can probably give you i'll okay. give you one hint on hockey that's for sure okay okay who would be your guy for hockey right now right now uh i mean this week uh the upper deck series one is getting released uh, and this guy's value has been super, uh, super low. And it's, he, he actually plays in Montreal and it's Cole Caulfield. Um, and the guy since, uh, Martin St. Louis, Martin St. Louis has been hired as the new head coach of the Montreal Canadians. Uh, he scored, I think six or seven goals, uh, which, and, in the first 40 games of the season or something, he scored one. So it's pretty crazy to see how streaky he is. Uh, this guy has talent all over him. There's not really, um, there's not really cards right now from Cole Caulfield, I believe. So his mm -hmm. young guns is going to be, there's going to be a lot of hype around him, but I think long-term uh, Cole Caulfield will, uh, and, and the Montreal 
Canadians are 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 going to be competitive. If you want to talk long term, that's that's the guy I would uh, I would invest in. Um, I think Trevor Zegris is also a good rookie uh, that that you should chase from uh, I think this set as well. So yeah, these could be the two. I'm not too big on hockey cards, but I mean I, I really believe in do, those two young players. Nice, Cole Caulfield, fifteenth overall pick in 2019 and so this is officially his rookie season then so uh yep. this will be a rookie a, a young guns coming out in this upcoming set yeah exactly very cool very exciting i love try that. to get a try right, to get cool. a box so, and rip it if you buy a box and rip it i mean and, and you get a cole Caulfield young guns you're you're you have a good card good card in your hands that's good to know. That's good to know because like, I think a lot of people listening to the show um, definitely know, know their stuff when it comes to sports card investing, but probably not for hockey if I had to guess. Um, yeah. So super, but I mean, a lot of us followed hockey when we were, when we were younger. Um, I go back to the, to the Pittsburgh Penguins when they had Lemieux and Yager and, and at the time the yeah. Red Wings had Fedorov and, and Iserman, those were my, my hockey days as a kid. Um, and so I think, you know, if, yeah, like Greg said, if you're out there and you're kind of like that, like kind of like me, where it's like, and I followed a little bit with my son. We lived in Nashville and the Predators had some, some good seasons a few years back. So the I got back into Arena. it a little bit as a fan. The yeah, PK yeah. Subban years. The PK, yeah, the PK Subban years and, uh, and Shea Weber before that, so. Yeah, the uh, that was actually, a trade with your with your Canadians, right? Yeah, absolutely. And Shea Shea career is over. Uh, that's that's yeah. a shame. Uh, yeah, too too many injury. But what what a player! What I mean, both both these guys, I loved loved PK Subban. Yeah. Oh, yeah, there's also sure. uh, so, there's also a third. Before we move on to F one, uh, very quickly, Quinton Byfield. This is a prospect. He okay. plays in LA. Uh, a center he's going to be an amazing player um, he will probably replace Kopitar as the future of the team so buy low and I mean his value is only going to go up so he's only 19 and he's six foot five um, yeah he was second second overall in 2020 second overall in 2020 so there's there's three good guys to chase in this this upper deck. Okay, love that. Came into the show not knowing anything about uh, the upper deck product that was about to be released this year, and it sounds like a good one. So don't know the pricing off the top of my head, but would love to hear in the comments if you guys get one or uh, are considering getting one. Uh, that's really cool. So pumped about the more things to be excited about the better right so with that said let's get into f1 (laughs) yeah so f1 is 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 fun um it's hot it it doesn't appear to be going anywhere um you've bought more f1 cards than i have i put lewis hamilton in our top 20 in our sports card investment report because i i felt like f1 had to be represented and like he was the guy uh everything else seems to be a little bit um in the infancy for me to like, I think Verstappen and I know that you're high on, um, on a couple of the other guys that I'll let you talk about, but I think that it was, it felt premature for me to feel comfortable enough 
to to get someone else other than Hamilton in our top 100. But but Greg, talk about F1. Tell us what you know, what you're doing, and am I missing? Do I need to have more drivers in my top 100? Absolutely, you need to have more drivers in your uh, in your top. And when you look at, uh, I mean, F1 has been low for a lot of years. Then they released, I mean, low in popularity. Then uh, Liberty Media bought the the whole company, bought the brand, and they made it very, very popular. And it's only going to rise in the next years. And Liberty Media, being an, an American company, also brought a second American Grand Prix in Miami, actually at the Hard Rock Stadium, if I'm not mistaken. So the track is around okay. the stadium and you can be on on the, the roof of the stadium and see the race from everywhere, which is kind of crazy. There's also, like I said earlier, a Grand Prix in Montreal that's coming back. But also the biggest factor is there is, if you guys haven't watched this series, Drive to Survive, the, um, the, the documentary series that has been going on for three seasons on Netflix and is actually getting released mid-March, March 11th or something, um for season four that you get all up close and personal with the drivers you get to know them which was the problem with f1 i mean you had these drivers you didn't know anything about these guys except for the biographies and what was going on in the media and now you get to know them i mean in the pits every single race and they have been doing a phenomenal job at creating content and you know getting to know the drivers more and also on social media when you look at star power of these guys um you also have to look at performance and yeah star power and performance max verstappen is the world champion very controversial driver uh i i mean disclaimer i'm not a fan at all of max verstappen but i mean i i can see why people like him he has raw talent um he you know he fights and races like a bat out of hell and uh he's been there for a few years but max verstappen stepped out for drive to survive season four and his value as the world champion is already up and all of his rookie cards technically are all the 2020 top crumb sets since it was the first ever uh tops um card set that was released uh, the first ever formula one um top set that was released so for me max verstappen is not a buy right now and more so in a sell situation lewis hamilton arguably the goat the greatest driver of all time uh who's going to chase an eighth world championship there was speculation around him not being back because of all the controversy uh created at the last race of this season which he lost the championship in the last lap uh by a you know rule bending kind of thing by the fia anyway um i mean lewis value is only gonna go up but the the cards you get a chase are all from the 2020 top scrum set so that th these are the buys i would do uh and his most valued card is the portrait or the sitting variation of lewis um and two other drivers that i believe a lot in are george russell and lando norris if you look at the polls if you look at all around the world even instagram followers those two youngsters have a lot of instagram followers they have a lot of star power lando no everyone 
everyone loves Lando Norris. He's a super funny guy, super humble, had great performances last year. Even in a race, Lewis Hamilton had to, to fight hard to pass him and said on the radio, such a great driver, Lando. And Lando was so happy when he heard that <laughs> uh, the GOAT was telling him, um, you know, and, and, and anyway, Lewis Hamilton loves Lando. Everyone loves him. So star power, a lot of people are going to be high on him, just like I am. So I would buy Lando Norris cards for sure. Um, a lot of variations, his portrait cards are going for uh, also a lot of money. And also George Russell, who was driving for Williams and now signing with Mercedes to be uh, Lewis Hamilton's teammate. It's only going to be a matter of time until these two young drivers win a race and also win a world championship. So from now, even though the cars are going for a couple of hundred bucks, all of these cars are going to go for way more up, even... Even if it's a short-term play, a flip, or a long-term, like I said, the day George Russell win the world championship, if you have his rookie card in your hands, I mean, th these cards are going to fly for a lot of a lot of thousand dollars. And there's already cards that yeah. are 10, 20, 50K of, of these three drivers. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. I, I'm totally sold on F1 for, for all the reasons you mentioned. It's, you know, there's, there's 20 drivers. Uh, it's easy to follow. I believe it's on, uh, most of the races are on Sundays before, before NFL games, uh, which I think yeah. is genius. Um, I just think that the marketing, you know, the, the marketing and sponsorship and storytelling, so the storytelling and the drama yeah. um, are, the recipe for success for F1. Um, and it, it, it feels to me like a mix between, you know, you've had the NFL that's, that's blown up over the last 20 years and, and you've had um, UFC has done the same thing. And it just feels like F1 is right in line, is, is right in line to be, to be next after those two. Um, obviously the only thing that makes it unique from like something like the WWE is because WWE is all scripted, but in terms of like what, what drama and soap opera storytelling that F1 could have, it feels like it could even fall in line with like a WWE type, uh, type of interest. Uh, so I, I see F1 being huge. And the other thing I like about it from a sports card investment standpoint is um, researching those cards, which I've done a lot of research into those cards, uh, more so than I have purchasing them. It's... Um, easy to understand the card ecosystem, right? Where we talked about soccer earlier in the show, uh, a little bit different because you've got like a 70 year history of stickers and cards and, you know, all sorts of stuff, uh, kind of hard to follow the different, the different brands made in the different countries, a lot of different preferences. And for F1, even though it's an international sport, um, you, it's basically simple. You know, you've got tops. Yeah. Tops owns the license. Tops is making the sets. They've made a few different sets and they're going to do it again this year and it's, they're going to keep doing it. Uh, so I think um, phenomenal call on George Russell and Lando Norris. Uh, stay tuned everyone to see if they make it into our top 100 soon based on Greg's recommendation and my research, of course. Um, but uh, yeah, this is great. Drive to Survive. The only reason I haven't watched it is because I know that the minute I start watching it, I'm going to be spending a lot more money on F1 cards than I probably should. 
So uh, I've tempered my 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 drive to survive. <laughs> but uh, with the new season coming up, I think I might need to. I might need to. You know, not only the new season of Drive to Survive, but the new season of F1. Right? It's yeah, coming the up, week so. after. Yeah, yeah March going to be a big month. Yeah. Big month yeah, very on, cool. on card investing. Can't wait to chat. Greg with- Lang. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I know. Greg Langto, great, great having you on. Anything else you want to add before we, before, before I do the, the outro here? Uh, no, man, I'm good. Let's, let's talk in a month or something and uh, we can talk about how these cards have gone up, the ones we invested in, what we lost as well. And I uh, thank, thank you for having me. It was a blast. Sports card strategy show, Paul Hickey with nooffseason.com. Special guest co-host, Greg Langto. We're going to definitely have him on again, like he said, next month. Brought to you by marketmoversapp.com by Sports Card Investor. We really want you to go there and use the promo code nooffseason, all lowercase to save 20%. And of course, Greg and I want you to check out the Sports Card Investment Report at nooffseason.com and join the Facebook group with us. So to find the Facebook group, easiest thing to do is just go to sportscardstrategy.com and you'll see the link right there to join the Facebook group. We'll let you in and uh, you'll, you'll hear from Greg and I in the Facebook group. So uh, thanks again, everybody. Have a great day. All right, man. Great work. That was fun. That was awesome. Thanks, Paul. It was a blast.